0: today because um, this is a this is a heavy subject today and I want to just have it be have you and in the room and those watching online to be able to hear God's Word today it's not my words Uh, it's something that God had put together and uh, quite frankly I did not want to preach on this at all so (laughs) but he gave me this he's like nope Eric you need to do this and so um, so here we are so let's pray real quick guys uh, thank you, Father, for giving us this beautiful, beautiful morning, Lord, to come together. And Lord, I just pray, um, Lord, that your words would come through. And Father, you would just use me as a vessel to speak firm and gentle to your people, Lord. And uh, Father, I just pray for freedom in this place today, Lord. Freedom. You are about freedom. And um, we just, we just want to watch chains fall off today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, it's great to to be here, and to gather together, and uh, I I love this, but um, you know, we we come in sometimes through these doors, and we have our, you know, we put on our Christian clothes, and and we put on our Christian face, and I don't know, is there there such thing as Christian clothes? I don't know. But Christian, you put on your Christian face, right? And um, you know, you know, we, we ask, you know, people ask us when we come in hey, how's, how you doing? How's it going? And you're like, ah, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. I'm busy, but it's going good. That's the line always today, right? Is we're busy. But, um, but I, I have to believe church that there's some people that walk through these doors every single week right now that are sitting in this room right now who walk in with some deep, deep pain, right? Deep pain. Yeah. And, uh, I I believe that, um, you know, we just got done singing this song. What an amazing, I love that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You guys love that song? It's such a good song. And um, we serve a faithful God. We're in the presence of a faithful God today who is just and uh, just loves us, man, just loves us. And today, the Holy Spirit's going to be, he's already in this place right now. I can feel it in here. He's in this place and he's going to bring light to some dark places in your heart. You guys believe that today? Anybody ready for that today? You're like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have come today, but <laughs> you should be here. You are supposed to be here. So this is what I love about Jesus, though, is that he's all about your freedom. Amen. He's all about it, right? Um, but there's going to be some things we got to take care of first with God today. We have to take care of it, and today is the day when we no longer walk out of these doors feeling shameful and feeling guilty and feeling all these things that lies that Satan wants to put in our head. Okay, so we're gonna pick up, so if you got your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Joshua chapter seven. We're gonna pick up where we left off last week where Carl was talking about the battle of Jericho and how we need to have battle plans, right? We need to have battle plans. I'm gonna continue that talk today about having battle plans. And we're gonna see an account here in the book of Joshua where uh, hidden sin is... uh, is relevant here okay so uh joshua chapter 7 we all there anybody bring a paper bible today praise god for you you guys are the real christians okay so (laughs) i think it's funny because i'm reading off an ipad here so (laughs) but israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the lord a man named achan had stolen some of these dedicated things So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan, the son of Camari, uh, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah. I love saying these names, they're fun. Uh, The tribe of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel near Bethhaven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two, maybe 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since there's so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. And you guys can kind of see the picture here where the Israelites are talking. They're like, hey, man, we don't, they're getting a little cocky, man. They just took down Jericho and they're like, ah oh, Ai, Pff, no big deal. Don't make us all go up there. So verse four says, hey, so approximately 3,000 warriors were sent But they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries. And they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear as they turned at the turn of these events. And their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay threw dust on their heads and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until the evening. Then Joshua cried out, O oh, sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you, going to, uh, if you were going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the, for when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land, hear about it. They will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? Verse 10, but the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some things that I have commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it. And they've hidden these things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. And I will no longer, I'm sorry, I will not remain with you any longer until you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up, command the people to purify themselves. In preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, hidden among you, O Lord, O Israel, are the things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things among you. Now, I think it's easy for us to judge even Joshua in this moment and put, himself, put ourselves in his position, and he's really confused. He has no idea what's going on right here. You know, the battle of Ai should have been an easy thing, right? They just got done taking down Jericho. But God clearly says to Joshua here, he says, you know what? you got a problem in your camp. you got a problem there, and you need to figure it out, and you need to deal with it, because I'm not going to do the things I want to do and show you the things that I want to show you unless you deal with this. And this brings me back to my opening statement today is that God wants to take care of business in here today. And there's some of us that are walking around with sin in our lives, with hidden sin in our lives, and it's holding back what God really wants to do in your life. And in this case, Achan's decision to steal these things that were dedicated to the Lord cost lives. As a matter of fact, it cost 36 lives. And that's 36 potentially uh, now possible widows, right? That's 36 families who are now grieving because of one man's decision. And the whole Israelite group is held accountable for this. Anybody remember uh, the movie Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Anybody remember that movie? Don't lie. I know you all seen it, right? And so, uh, yeah, because of one bad decision there, tragedy happened, right? Anybody remember uh, David, King David right? His decision to number the people of Israel cost them 70,000 lives. Anybody remember Abraham? Abraham? Abraham, he lied. One little lie almost cost him the life of his wife. And anybody else remember the famous Adam and Eve, (laughs) right? One decision changed everything, changed everything. And here's the thing, church, is that that Someone always gets hurt by our sin. Somebody always gets hurt. There is no such thing as victimless sin, no such thing. And sometimes it affects you or it affects somebody else. And when I say someone always gets hurt, a lot of the times it's you, right? A lot of the times it's somebody else, maybe the people we care about the most. And this is why departing from sin is so important to God. As a matter of fact, it's so important to him that he sent his son Jesus to be beaten and broken and die for you and me because he can't partner with sin. And so he wanted a relationship with you and I so bad that he sent his son to pay a price that you and I could not pay for ourselves. And so... This is why it is so important to him. He would rather sacrifice his son than live without all of his children. That's a good God right there. And so I want to talk about the subject of hidden sin today. Hidden sin. I saw a bunch of you go, nope, (laughs) right? It got real quiet in here. (laughs) Anybody want to come share their hidden sin up here? No? Okay, fine, I, I didn't think so. But these are things, guys, that we carry around with us, right? These are things that we carry around with us and we, the, the people don't, we don't want people knowing about them, right? Here's what I've come to know about my sin and your sin and sin in general, right? Is that we think we're alone in it, right? And that is Satan's way of lying to you, thinking you are alone and you are the only one that struggles with your sin. Here's what I figured out. Is that your sin? I would guarantee that 10 other people in this room right now are dealing with the same thing, if not more. And it is a lie that you are dealing with this alone. So I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a hateful thought that you have towards somebody. Anybody ever have a hateful thought towards somebody? The rest of you are lying who did not raise your hand. You're all a bunch of sinners. Okay? So (laughs) maybe... Maybe it's a spending habit, right? Maybe it's an alcohol or drug addiction, right? Maybe it's a, a coworker that you may have gotten a little too friendly with, and all of a sudden you find your place in a position that you did not want to be in, and yet an affair happens, and you don't want anybody to know about this. So here's a big one that seems to be taking over our world right now. I mean, this one is... This is, this is a big problem. It's an epidemic, right? It's the hidden sin of pornography, right? And uh, did you know, did you know that 64% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women will admit that they view porn monthly, if not more, right? And I just heard this morning, right, of a new stat that came out, which is much higher than this, much higher, and these are just Christian, Christians that are willing to admit it. That's not counting Christians who are not willing to admit it. It's a real problem. And listen, church, we need a battle plan. I'm going, to talk, I'm going to hang out here for just a second on this sin in particular because we need to talk about this because this is a problem in the church right now. It's a big problem in the church. And we need a battle plan against this, and we need it now. We need it right now. See, Jesus was so passionate about this subject of sexual immorality that he said in Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 9, he says, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, right? He went to the lengths of saying that, right? So what, (laughs) I just imagine this, what if you were walking into the office one day, right? And you see your buddy, he's like, got an eye patch on. Right, and you got an eye patch on, and you walk up to each other. You say, "Christian, yeah, Christian, yeah." Oh, I stumbled again, right? What if that was? This is how serious God takes this subject. And I don't say any of this to shame anybody or guilt anybody about this. And this sin in particular usually comes from a past trauma that has happened in our lives, right? It may be because you were sexually abused, right? Your purity was ripped away from you. Maybe uh, mom and dad did not teach you about the way sex is supposed to happen between a husband and a wife. And you went off and you went exploring it on your own. And you found out something that you weren't supposed to find out. And you found yourself being in a place that you didn't want to be. Maybe, right, maybe... Um, you were exposed to it. So, I really struggled with this subject of like talking about this because this one is near and dear to me. This one is uh, near and dear to my heart with my struggles with this. And this is exactly what happened to me. At eight years old, I was exposed to pornography. At eight years old. And some of you parents have eight eight years old in here. And can you imagine your kids, and maybe some of you know, or you already have, have been exposed to it. Because the reality is, it is everywhere right now. It is everywhere. You can't look a certain way without seeing something that is not pure right now. And so, I remember at eight years old, I was in my dad's room. I have no idea why I was in there. I think I was looking for a toy, maybe that I had lost or something. But I ended up going underneath my dad's bed It wasn't like he was hiding it too much. I went under my dad's bed and I found a stack of magazines that I was probably not supposed to look at, right? And as I'm looking at that, I found out, like I realize now today that in that moment that I was wounded. I was wounded emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and I struggled with this a lot. It snowballed from there. And... All into my teenage years, all into my early 20s, all into my mid-20s, I had a struggle with pornography. And when I say that we need a battle plan against this church, it's because I had no idea at eight years old how much that would affect me later in life, no clue. It affected me walking into my marriage because what quickly came to me, especially as I got older and I got into this a little more, is that after viewing pornography, quickly right after that came shame, guilt, self-disgust, and I thought I was alone, and I didn't wanna tell anybody. Here's the problem with sin, is that grows best in the dark, right? It grows best in the dark. So I had to come up with a battle plan, and the reality is I think that God gave me a battle plan. I I don't know if I was willing to do this on my own, but God gave me a battle plan with this one. And number one to my battle plan is that God gave me a daughter, (laughs) right? (laughs) God gave me a daughter and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful because I couldn't look at women the same way anymore. I couldn't look at a woman and not see her for the precious queen and princess that she is to God. I couldn't do it anymore that they are supposed to be respected and loved just the way God loves them. And as I held Callie for the first time, the day she was born, I held my eight-year-old and I said, I finally realized what the father's love is for his daughters. Ladies, you are a daughter of God and you are to be respected and loved as such. Right? So, number two to my battle plan is that I needed accountability. I needed accountability. I needed weekly check ins with godly men to help me stay on course. Ones that I could be honest with and ones that could be honest with me. And because of having a battle plan, church, I could say that I have freedom in this area of my life, right? Come on, that's worth giving God praise about, okay? That's worth God giving praise about. Okay. I would love to sit here. Uh, So there was one day when I was sitting there and I was praying, I said, God, would you just take every lustful thought away from me? And I did. And it happened, right? I'm just kidding. That's not the way that happened, right? (laughs) Here's, Here's the problem, church, is that I'm a pastor, right? But I'm still pastor man, Eric, right? I'm still pastor man, Eric. And they may, hey, this may be a struggle for me, for as long as I live, but here's the thing, guys, is that I've put up safeguards in my life to help me and to get me to where I need to be and where God wants me to be. And the bright people in my life know about this and they keep me accountable, including my wife, okay? So, having a battle plan is essential, okay? Not to just pornography, it's essential for every sin. Having a battle plan. And sin is always deceiving. I don't know if you guys know this. Sin is always deceiving, man. It, it looks good. It feels good. But there's never life attached to it, ever. Amen. Amen. And you and I are always potentially vulnerable. We're always potentially vulnerable. That is why you and I have to be honest and we have to be wise about our hidden sin. And so if I'm walking into a situation, right, I'm gonna know immediately, depending on the situation, I'm gonna know immediately that Satan has already put up tripwires. He's put up landmines everywhere for me to fail and to fall. And I need to be honest. I need to be honest where I'm most vulnerable and wise enough to stay away from those things. So we have to be wise what triggers us. Do you even know what triggers you? Do you know what triggers you? If you don't, you need to know what triggers you, right? Maybe it's when you're scrolling through social media, right? And you see a lady in a bikini or you see a handsome guy, right, with a shirt off. Maybe it's those not so good friends that you hang around with and every time you hang around with them, you find yourself in a place you're not supposed to be or you find yourself getting into trouble. Maybe it's when you have a couple drinks and you're feeling good or maybe it's when you're watching a movie and a scene comes across the TV And all of a sudden your mind starts running. What triggers you? What triggers you? And you and I are only as strong as we are honest. Right? You and I are only as strong as we are honest. We have to be honest what triggers us. We have to be honest with yourselves. You have to be honest with God and others. And being honest with yourself does not make you weak. It makes you wise. So, for me, D groups are essential for me. D groups are essential. On my phone, I have adult content blockers. I don't have meetings with the opposite sex by myself. It's just not necessary, right? It's uncalled for. Irene has access to my phone anytime she wants. Social media accounts, it's all open on my phone for her to see, right? More people than I know have access to my computer. I don't know if that's a good thing, but they do, okay? And some of you may be thinking, man, Eric, you're really weak. Are you you that weak? I'm like, no, not normally. Not normally. But why would I battle a temptation in the future that I have the power to eliminate today? Right? Why would I step into a situation? If I know something's going to happen and I know it's going to be destructive for me and I have the power to stop it now, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't any of us do that? See, the problem with Achan in this story is that he didn't have a battle plan. He may have been a warrior for Joshua and the Israelites, but he didn't have a spiritual battle plan. And the problem is with us, guys, is that we have a spiritual enemy who is against us at all times. And we need to have spiritual battle plans. And something triggered him. I don't know what it was, but something triggered him to steal, and to hide, and to lie about things. And I get it, right? Aiken's coming off this really big victory, and he sees this gold, and he sees this silver, and he sees a brand new Corvette, and he sees a brand new guitar. I mean, maybe that's what it would have been for me. But he sees these things, and he goes, ah, that's tempting. I'll take that. Remember when I said that we are always potentially vulnerable? Realize this, also, church, is that we are vulnerable when we are overly confident. Right? When we are overly confident, that's exactly what happened to Achan here. Right? And you actually see this from all the Israelites. They're like, "We don't need, we don't need that many men to take that down that place," and then they were defeated, and thirty-six men died. Remember when I told you also that somebody always gets hurt. In this case, because of Achan's sin. 36 men died. See, and I don't think we wouldn't, we wouldn't hide our sin if we knew it wasn't destructive, right? We think it won't hurt anybody. It's just this little lie. It's just this little thing. This image I looked at, it won't be so bad. What's the big deal? See, we have to have a battle plan. Amen. We have to. And so we're gonna jump uh, down to verse 24. So you guys still there with me on Joshua 7? Okay, everybody, take a deep breath right now. Okay, that's good. I feel like it's tense in here right now. <laughs> okay, all right, Joshua, chapter seven, starting at verse twenty-four. So before this had happened, right? God says, "Hey, Joshua, you need to weed out the people who you think are the problem here." And so they go through this process, and they come to find out that it's Achan, and this is where it picks up. Then Joshua. And all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughter, cattle, donkey, sheep, goat, tent, and everything they had had, and they brought it. They brought uh, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, "Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you." And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stone over Achan, which is, remains there till this day. This is why this place is called the Valley of Trouble. Did you guys know that Achan stands for Here Comes Trouble? How would you like to be known as that? So the Lord was no longer angry. Some of you go, My, man, God's really mean. Why would they kill him over that? So, well, here's the thing. Is that he is, This is how the subject... Of sin, this is how serious God is about this. He can't partner with it. It's not in his nature to partner with it. And we can't fathom that because we constantly try to justify our sin all the time. And we can't imagine a world without sin. So we have no idea what that's like. We have no idea coming from God's perspective what that's like. But here's a hopeful thing for you and I. Whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, whether you have hidden sin or whether you, whether you don't. But the problem is we all have sin. We all deal with it. Here's the hopeful thing is that we are forgiven and that you and I have our sin taken care of because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Isn't that amazing? You, you have been forgiven before you even ask for it. Right? Anybody ever watched The Passion of Christ? Anybody in here? Yes, if you have not seen it, you need to go see it, right? And maybe some little ones, maybe you may need to let your parents let you watch that one if, you, if they allow you to. The Passion of Christ, this, if I never see this movie again, this image is always just burned in my brain. And it's this scene where the Roman soldiers are flogging and they're whipping Jesus. And this movie does such a great job of portraying, I think, of what this was actually like. Because the Roman soldiers, if you, if you knew any history with these guys, they were, they were mean, brutal people. And so this scene is that Jesus is getting whipped, right? And they're laughing at him, and they're mocking at him, and they're spitting on him, and they're whipping, and they're, he's just getting torn to pieces. Anybody ever have a hard time watching that scene? Do you have under do you know why you have a hard time watching that scene? It's not because it's it's gross and it's you know, it's nasty or whatever. You may, it's because you are literally watching somebody pay the price of your sin. As Jesus is getting whipped, that's your sin. Fa, that's your sin. Fa, that's, that's your sin. Scripture says though, that when He went to the cross, He went to it with great joy. Because this is how much He loves you. This is how much He loves you, and this is how much He desires freedom for you. Because He would rather take it upon Himself than not live with you. You are a warrior. Do you know that? You are a warrior for the kingdom of God. And warriors always need a battle plan. No warrior ever walked into a battle without a battle plan, and if they did, it didn't turn out so good for them. A warrior needs to be honest with themselves, with God, and with others. And, and if you're feeling, I know this is this is a heavy subject, and I it, it gets really quiet in here. The last, especially the last two services, they they were. They were feeling the same way. And I think if you're feeling the weight of this, it's because you were supposed to be here today. And those watching online, if you're feeling it too, you need to know that you are supposed to be watching this because God desires freedom for your life. See, I, I did not want to speak on this at all. And God says, no, people need to hear this today. People need to hear this. And so right now, right now, we're going to take a step towards God today. We're gonna take a step towards freedom right now, okay? So we all have sin that we deal with. We all do, I don't care who you are, we all do. And some of it's hidden, I think it's God knows. God knows, you're not pulling the wool over God's eyes, you're not hiding anything from him, he knows. He just wants you to come forward to him and say, hey, son, daughter, I already know, but I still love you. Please tell me about this. Let's work this out together. I love you, son, daughter. So right now, I'm gonna give you the next minute, and I want you guys to just confess to him right now. If there's one thing that's on your mind, you know what it is already. Confess that sin to God. I'm gonna give you the next minute to go ahead and do that. Talking to the men in this room, men online. Come on, let's be men of honor. Let's be men of integrity. Oh man, that's one thing that this world is lacking right now. Just integrity. Be who God called you to be. Women, ladies, let's honor God in all we do. Fight for the things that are right, the things that are pure, that are holy, fight for those things, ladies. Aren't you tired of covering up your tracks? Man, that's what it was for me. Aren't you tired of covering up your tracks, wondering today, you're gonna wake up today, man, is today the day that somebody's gonna find out about my hidden sin? Is today the day? Aren't you tired of the emotional distance that it causes between you and God and you and others, or maybe you and your spouse, Or maybe you and your family, aren't you tired of the spiritual drag that you feel and you wanna represent God so bad, but you don't know how to and you wanna represent him, you wanna honor him, you wanna glorify him, but you feel completely insecure. See, there's another man in the Bible who dealt with hidden sin and his name was David. Right, some of us know the story. So David's out one late night and he's strolling around on the rooftop And he looks across the way and he sees a woman bathing. He's like, she looks pretty good. She should come over to my place. So he sent some men over there, say, hey, invite her over. He's married, she's married, get together, have an affair. A lot of you know the story, things just snowball out of control from there. People get hurt. But it wasn't until a prophet came to him and confronted him, and he finally confessed to God. Psalms 32, 5 says this. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Anybody give God praise for that. That when you come to him and when you confess to him, he doesn't come to you in return with guilt and shame and condemnation. He comes to you and he says, I forgive you. Your guilt is gone. It's time to let go of that stuff. In other words, no matter how trapped you feel in your sin, that there's always mercy and there's always grace and there's always healing. There's always potential for healing in Christ. Always. Always. And we need to fight, church. We need to have a battle plan. We need to stop making excuses for our sin and come up with this battle plan. Now, I'm gonna give you five points today. And if you don't have a battle plan, maybe this is a start for you right here, right now. If you don't have a battle plan against your sin, write these down. Every, actually, everybody write these down because I think these are good. And maybe you can, you can weave these into your own battle plan. Okay, okay. So, number one, confess to God. We just did that, right? We just did that. 1 John 1, 9 says, but if I confess, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. Confess to God. Number two, confess to the right people. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, we confess to God for forgiveness and then we confess to other people, the right people for healing. And if you're not winning, it's probably because you don't have the right people around you, encouraging you, keeping you on track. See, you and I were not meant to fight battles alone. We are meant to fight them together. Right? We are meant to go at this together. That's why we push life groups. That's why we push D-groups here at grace. And if you're not in one, you need to get in one. And maybe we don't call it a life group. You, you go and you find some people. you don't call it a life group or D group. I don't care. But you need to have some people you stay accountable to. You absolutely need, absolutely need to, okay? Because in, in those groups that we have And I've been, my wife and I have been in a part, and our family have been a part of D groups and life groups ever since we've been here. There is so much value in them, guys. I don't think I would be where I'm at right now if I didn't have those. See, I love my wife, and I tell her everything. I love her, I love talking with her. But I need some guys in my life to kick my butt when I'm not doing things right. I need some godly men to call me on my garbage. And number 3, remove the triggers. So what's triggering you? Come on, Church, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Come on. If I'm David, probably no more late-night late strolls on the rooftop for me, right? Hey, if I'm addicted to to alcohol or drugs, maybe I need to move remove these things from my home. And maybe I need to stop hanging out with those people that always have those things around. Hey, if I'm addicted to pornography, man, maybe I need to start getting some blockers on my phone, maybe I need to start getting accountability on my my screens, whether it be my TV, you know, you need to start removing these things from your life. Remove the triggers. Number four, get the necessary help. Get the necessary help. Come on, whatever it is, Make a phone call, get counseling for you, for your family, for your marriage. You need to go to rehab, do it, get it done. And number five, let our good God start to heal wounds. Let him heal wounds. Now, is this gonna change overnight? Probably not. In fact, God doesn't work that way. God doesn't just, poof, everything's good, right? God wants to work a process in you. He wants to heal you. And healing doesn't happen overnight. Healing happens with time, okay? Here's the thing. So you may honestly struggle with this all your life. But church, with Christ, there is freedom. There is joy and there is healing with him. So we need to start taking these steps. I don't know if you have a battle plan, but if you don't, you need to apply these, start applying these to your life right now. Because this is a good battle plan that's gonna help you start in the direction of freedom today, okay? Now, as we wrap up today, I would love to see a line of people walk, like lined up to the stage here, waiting to get prayer for things that they are struggling with. And the reality is, is I know that's probably not gonna happen. But if you heard this today and you get the wheels turning and you start getting on track with a process of healing, man, you're gonna see victory on the other side of this. I promise you, I promise you. And you online, if you're watching online, man, make sure you go to our website and you hit down a prayer request and you you just spill it out for us. and, And we just know that there's people praying for you that love you enough to pray for you and wanna see you free. See, God desires freedom for you. And here at Grace, we're all about God's business. So that means we want freedom for you too. So let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you so much that you come to us with a gentle heart. But you also convict us. You also are stern and firm with us because you do not want us living in bondage anymore. You do not want us living in a place where we feel shame and guilt. So Father, I just pray that the blood of Jesus would cover shame and guilt right now in these people's hearts. That it would be removed, Father, and that you would fill it with joy and you would fill it with the things, the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, today. God, thank you so much God, you know how much I didn't want, want to talk about this, but somebody needed to hear this today. And Father, I pray that my words, the words that were spoken would give you honor and it would give you glory, Jesus. And people, we would see people all over this church and all over this community be set free from the things they've been carrying around for a long time, for a very long time. It's time to get free, Jesus. It's time to get free, so would you just touch your people Would you set them free today, Lord? Will they start getting in the right place? Will they start creating new pathways in their mind and seeing things differently, Jesus? We just love you, Lord. We thank you that you are about us. You always have been about us and that you love us. We are your children. We declare that today that we are children of God and that you love us. In your name we pray, amen.